This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Guess what time it is, Jay? It's time to talk these sports. It's time to keep it tree, honey. It's time to keep it 300, yes. I don't know about tree 100, but that's fine. Uh, <laughs> this is Keep It at 300 with Fallon and James, episode 7. Yo, Jay, did you see the Duke-Kentucky game last night? Yeah, I've seen a bunch of lottery picks out there for Duke <laughs> cheating like the Warriors. Yes, I did watch the game. <laughs> yeah, I'm a Kentucky fan, and they look like they're just going to destroy the whole NBA basketball season and run away with this championship. I mean, it just looked too easy for Duke. I mean, you you got to realize they were playing a powerhouse, the number two team in Kentucky, and they made it look like they were playing San Jose City College. It just looked too easy. Okay, first of all, that's why you don't pay attention to these preseason polls, because they're stupid, they're ridiculous, okay? Uh, Duke, though, definitely made Kentucky – Looked like a mid-major team. Killed them. 34 points, actually. And then those three freshmen, are you freaking kidding me? They combined for 83 points, Jay. Uh, they are definitely going to be, I think, the top three picks in next year's draft. Absolutely. I mean, and I know it's just the first game, and you don't want to get too excited off the first game, but I'm like, who in college basketball can stop these guys right here? I know, and usually it takes a few games to find a rhythm, but they're rolling. They're in mid-season form right now, which is extremely scary for, for other teams. Um, but sidebar, their freshman, Zion Williamson, uh, he's 18 years old, looks like a grown man out there. I don't think anybody's going to stop him this year, but that's not why I mentioned his name. I went and looked on his Instagram. Tell me why. He has almost 2 million followers on Instagram, including a bunch of celebrities. He's a baller. You see his YouTube videos. You see all his wild dunks that he does in high school. I mean, and now he signed with Duke. I mean, he probably got a million more followers just for signing with Duke. I mean, he's a monster. When I watched him play last night, when they give him the ball, I mean, he could score whenever, however he wants one-on-one, he's explosive, and he's a big body. I don't know how much he weighs off the top of my head, but I'm like, man, this is a big kid. I don't see anybody getting in his way, slowing him down. And he got hops, too. My, oh, my. He's like 265, something like that. That's all I'm guessing. That's what I'm guessing because he's 6'7", and he's gigantuous, built like a, I don't know, a lineman. Anyways, Kansas beat Michigan by five. Uh, I didn't watch that game, though, because I was at my husband's game. And I love college hoop season. And so I'm so excited that it tipped off, but it is also super stressful for me. You should see me and the other coaches' wives during the game. We're like a hot, hot mess. For those who don't know, my husband coaches at Mizzou. We had our first game last night um, at home 
against Central Arkansas. We won, but uh, let's just say we have a lot of work to do, man. Uh, we lost one of our best players, Jonte Porter, to a torn ACL before the season began. Uh, that was obviously crushing for us because uh, not only is he a great kid, but he was also a projected lottery pick, so that's a crushing blow. But you know what they say, next man up. I guess I have to suck it up. Dang, that sucks because last year was my the other kid that got Michael. drafted to the, to the yeah Michael his brother. Michael Porter Jr. Right? Yeah, Michael, his brother, his brother. So tell me, like they're not cursed. His sisters also play for Mizzou. One of the sisters had five ACL tears. Oh, my. Exactly. The other one had knee problems, had to uh, medically retire. Both of them had to medically retire. So I don't know what's up, but Lord, I pray for that family. I love the Porters. I hope, you know, he just had surgery yesterday, so I hope he heals up. And um, hopefully it'll still be a lottery pick next year. Or, you know, come back to Mizzou. Come back to Mizzou. Well, you know, you know, man. I hope Mizzou wins the whole thing, you know, <laughs> battling injuries. I love y'all head coach over there, you know. I know your husband is getting them boys strong. And, yep. You know, I hope they win the whole thing. But watching Duke, Lord <laughs> have mercy. <laughs> I know. Everybody, everybody in trouble. No, everybody is in trouble. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I would say give them the trophy now, but obviously you got to play games. So, <laughs> yeah. So this is what I want you to do. I want you to tell Nick. Okay. I want you to tell him. Hey, man, tie them dudes in there extra two hours in that weight room because you see Zion 250 coming downhill like a fullback, you know, and he jumping. So somebody got to get in his way. That's what's the crazy thing, and that's the sad thing because Jonte was dang near seven feet. He was like 240-something, so he took up mm. a lot of space. We don't have that yeah. anymore. But that's okay. We got to move on. We'll be fine. We have great coaches. It's all good. See, that's my problem. I always dwell on stuff. But I have a question for you. Do you gamble? Do I gamble? Um, yeah, I gamble a little bit. I play a little blackjack and all that type stuff. You know, I'm a little gambler. But you got to get on something else. You got to get on my bookie. See, I usually don't gamble because you know what they say, scare money don't make money, and I got scare money, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, you're right. Yeah. Scare money don't make money. <laughs> and I got that scare money, so I don't really be gambling. But uh, my bookie makes it easy for rookies like myself to make a little cash. So whether you're an expert like my friend James or a rookie like myself, you should uh, be betting at my bookie. This is one of the best weeks in sports. You got college hoops tipping off, the NBA in full swing. We got the second half of the NFL season ahead, and of course, NHL. Uh, my bookie is the one bet I know you'll be happy with all year. Trust me, I really recommend these guys. My bookie has been in business for years. They have great reviews online. That's definitely what I check out first before I give anybody money or buy anything. Gotta make sure they have good reviews, and my bookie does. And this is really cool. Their mobile site is so, so easy to use. Even my dad knows how to use it. Also, make sure to follow at BetMyBookie on Twitter. They will personally respond to every mention and DM. Not to mention that they've given away more than 10000 in free money to their followers for this football season. Yes, so make sure you log on to MyBookie right now and use the promo code BLUEWIRE and you'll get a 50% deposit bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. You play, you win, you get paid. And guess what? I'm trying to get paid. You feel me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a dork. All right, let's talk some football now. 
A lot has happened since our last podcast, Jay. Bruce Irvin was cut. He's now playing for his hometown team. The Saints handed the Rams their first loss of the season, and the Saints just signed Des Bryant as we are taping this podcast on Wednesday morning. Khalil Mack was caught eating a Rice Krispie treat on the sideline. Amari Cooper played his first game as a Cowboy. Jack Del Rio was trolling on Twitter. Your Packers lost to the Patriots, and the Patriots signed former Raiders second-round draft pick Obi Melifonwu. So, a lot has happened, obviously. Uh, We have an awesome guest coming up, so make sure you stick with us for that. But first, I think the most important one out there of all of those is Khalil Mack getting caught eating a Rice Krispie treat on the sideline. Okay, I'm just kidding. (laughs) The brother's hungry. (laughs) You know, you got to eat. You're standing up on the sideline for three hours when you're not playing. I mean, you got to eat. Well, it's funny because um, I actually uh, text him. I said, why are you eating the Rice Krispie Treat like that? Because it looked like he was struggling to keep the wrapper <laughs> on to make sure that his hands weren't sticky. And then he tried to hide behind someone when he was eating it. So he texts me back after I said, why are you eating the Rice Krispie Treat like that? He texts me back, dang, they caught me? I said, yeah, and then sent him the link. And then he said, aw, crap. But, like, dude, you're Khalil Mack. Like, duh, the camera's always going to be on you. Yeah, and there's cameras all around the field. You think they're not going to catch you? Man, that's why you eat in the locker room. See, when we used to be in preseason and stuff, you know, they used to have, you know, hot do hot dogs and all that back in the, where the trainers and stuff are. And you go back there, you get your hot dog, eat you some chili, eat you all that at halftime and all that. And you do that so you don't get caught on that field, man. You know, you got to be sneaky. Why is it that they make such a big deal, like – Mark Sanchez eating a hot dog on the sideline. That was like the biggest deal years back. Is it yeah. prohibited or? Well, I think, I think sometimes when you eat on the sideline like that, they think you're not like into the game and cheering on your teammates, especially like Mark Sanchez. It was preseason, so everybody's like, oh, he don't care about his teammates and all that out there. He just eating a hot yeah. dog. Like, man, look, we're we just hungry. I don't <laughs> think it should be a big deal. I mean, like I said, you're standing up for three hours with no food, especially you're not playing. I mean, you get hungry. You're like, look, man, let me grab one of these little snacks or something right here. Now, it's a little Mac. I mean, Mark Sanchez had a whole meal out there, but Khalil had him a little snack, a little Rice Krispie Treat. Man, let him eat that Rice Krispie Treat, man. It ain't that good. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so funny. Uh, well, to some actual real news now. So the Raiders cut Bruce Irvin, and I know – He was happy to get out of Oakland, and now he's even more happy because he's headed back to his hometown. He signed a one-year deal with the Falcons. He said it was a dream come true and that the Patriots and Steelers actually offered him more money. Apparently, the 49ers also made a push for him. Uh, But he tweeted, man, it's time. You can't put a price on the chance for me to play for my people and city. It's bigger than money. And I think you know a little something about that, James. Absolutely, man. I had an opportunity to do the same thing, come back home and play in front of my family and all that. And I think that's what means the most. Uh, You know, your family don't got to get on a plane to come watch you play. They all can just come right down the street and see you play. I mean, and then have the opportunity to bring a championship, you know, to your hometown. I mean, that that means more than any any money and all that. And I think Bruce understands that. And, man, let me tell you something. They got him another pass rusher now to go on the other side of Beasley. I'm already a big Atlanta Falcons fan. They are playing some ball this year, especially on the offensive side of the ball. 
And I know they lost a lot of guys in the secondary, but you get a pass rusher now. Hopefully that will help that secondary out a little bit. I like the move. Well, they got off to a rough start, but they have been playing some good football recently. And Dan Quinn was his defensive coordinator for two seasons in Seattle back in 2013 and 14. So he's going to reunite with him. And the Falcons, of course, have a chance to make the playoffs. So I think it's safe to say Bruce is going to be better off. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And speaking of better off, Amari Cooper. Uh, he made his Cowboys debut uh, Monday Night Football uh, wasn't enough, though, to help Dallas get the win as they lost to the Titans 28-14. to But it was clear the Cowboys' game plan was to make sure that, you know, they got him involved early, targeted him often. He finished with, what, uh, five catches, 58 yards, and a touchdown on eight targets, more than the Raiders, at least recently. Um, I know he doesn't know all the plays yet. Uh, I'm not sure Coop is the answer, though. They're going to have a lot of trouble making the playoffs, but... I don't think Coop is the answer to get the Cowboys into the playoffs. What do you think? They are probably not going to make the playoffs. And I do think Coop is the answer to help this team get over the hump. But I believe the coaches are going to have to trust Dak, and they're going to have to let Dak spin the ball over there to him. And when I say spin, I mean throw the ball over there to him. Because people are not going to start – keying off of Zeke until someone consistently wins on the outside and Dak consistently makes these throws. They're going to load that box until that happens. And as a coach, you have to understand that. I was watching the game, and Zeke. every time Zeke got the ball, it was 15 guys in his face. I'm like, man, I know Zeke has to be frustrated. And the last two seasons, this offense has looked identical. And when when things like that happen, it's letting me know that the coaches do not believe in Dak Prescott, that Dak Prescott can handle doing more with this offense. That's why the last two years has looked the same, and everybody's been saying Dak needs this, Dak needs that, Dak needs this, but everything's looked the same. He got Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper was killing people off the press coverage. But he couldn't get he to was him. Getting the separate, he was getting the separation that Dak needed. Yeah. But he wasn't spinning it over there. He was taking unnecessary sacks. And I felt like the coaches should have called more pass plays for Dak. And that's a fan watching the game. And I don't coach Dak, but obviously the coaches do not think he can do it or they will dial some more pass plays up to soften that box physique. Well, they got Philly and Atlanta on the road next, and then the Redskins and Saints at home. They may only win one of those games if – Any. (laughs) So it's going to be tough. I don't think they're making the playoffs either. Okay. The Saints handed the Rams their first loss of the season. That was one of the most entertaining games of the weekend for sure. I loved it. I really think these two teams are evenly matched. I think if the game was maybe in L.A., the Rams maybe would have won. But if it's a playoff game, I'm definitely taking experience. And I'm taking Breeze and company over the Rams. Um, But I'm going to go ahead and say right now, I believe the Saints are the best team in the NFL because they have Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, who, whoo, an elite, elite receiver, 211 yards in that game, including that Joe Horn celebration. I loved it. And James, as I mentioned, as we are taping, reports coming out that the Saints have signed Des Bryant to a deal. I really love this move. What about you? I absolutely love it. Listen. 
Number one, the Saints are the best team in football right now. Yep. Number two, if they played at Gunderson High School, they would beat the Rams. Um, <laughs> because they are, they are just that dominant. There's no team in the National Football League right now that can stop this Saints offense. I mean, I'm watching Alvin Kamara, I'm watching Ingram, I'm watching Michael Thomas, I'm watching Drew Brees, and now I'm going to watch Dez Bryant be on the other side of Michael Thomas with the second corner on him with one-on-one coverage and Sean Payton's offense. Man, all these Saints fans should get excited. But listen, they dominated the Rams. The Rams are lucky they even came back and made it that close. And I know people want to say, you know, if it was in L.A., it might have been a different story. I was in L.A. for the Packers game. It was 80,000 Packer fans there. <laughs> so when you, play it, when you play in L.A., that's a home game for the road yep. team. The L.A. The L.A. fans don't come out and travel. You're right. And, yeah, I know it's outside, different elements. But, look, at this offense is, is untouchable and it's helping the defense out. All the defense has to do is get one or two takeaways to possibly get the ball back to Drew Brees and Kamara. You you ain't got to stop people from getting a bunch of yards and all that. Just give us one or two more opportunities at the ball. We'll put up 14 points, and we'll we'll win these games. But this is a scary team, especially if you got to go up there to New Orleans and play in that dome. Because I played in that dome many of the times <laughs> and came out of there with the Jordan Mean face <laughs> crying. And we done went in there with some of our best teams as the Green Bay Packers and came out of there just beat up. So this is a very scary team. And then the addition of Dez, man, I'm excited. That's why I keep going because the addition of Dez to be over there with Drew Brees and, like I said, coming in the building, he knows that, okay, I'm the number two guy. Michael Thomas has this sold up. He's the number one guy. So I'm just going to come in here, play my part, you know, get the opportunities that come to me. I love the move, man. The Saints are dangerous. As long as he doesn't have a case of the dropsies, I think he could have a big, you know, second half of the season. Yeah, Dan should have a huge second half of the season. Let's talk about your Packers. Aaron Rodgers and your Packers lost to Tom Brady and the Patriots. Yeah. I think it's going to be tough for the Packers to make the playoffs, especially if they keep getting hit by the injury bug, man. What's going on with the Pack? Oh, man, I don't know, man. I mean, when you just brought that up right now, I almost hung up. But I said, <laughs> let me just finish. <laughs> let me finish the podcast. No, but listen, we played two tough road games. We played two tough road games, the Rams and the Patriots. And they had opportunities, no excuses, because, I mean, you don't get no more victories in this league. But they had opportunities to win both those games. Yeah, but turnovers. You're down by two. You turn the ball over Ty Montgomery. Yep. You're 17-17 in the fourth quarter. Your ball on the Patriots' 30-yard line going in the score. Mm. You fumble. It changed the whole game. So the positive is that they're in these games and they're just making mistakes um, at the end of games and they're not winning. Now the good thing is, is the division is terrible. And the, the Bears are 5-3. and three. The Vikings and the Bears have to play twice. The Lions and the Bears have to play twice. And the Packers get one more shot at all three of them teams. So if they win, they control their own destiny. Now the Bears have to play the Saints, the Rams, the Packers, 
the Vikings twice, Detroit twice. So they got a rough schedule coming up. So it's, I was talking to some of the guys at the network yesterday, and if the Bears go out here and they find a way to lose to Detroit and the Packers beat the Dolphins, they're one game back out of first place. Yeah, okay. And then the Vikings are on bye week. And the following week, the Packers play Seattle. A lot has to happen to go their way, James. No, You're selling someone a dream. Win. You're selling they just, them a dream. They just, ha- they just have to win. And the following week, they play Seattle. And this week they play Seattle, the Vikings and the Bears play. So whoever wins that game, the Packers could be playing the Vikings for first place. And it's only been two weeks go by. So they're in good shape. They just have to win. But the thing about that is winning is not easy, and you're running out of games to win. You can't keep saying we'll get them next week because the season is going to be over. So they got to do it now, and they got to get rolling now, or they're going to be sitting at home watching the playoffs with me. I'll cook for Aaron and Randall and them, you know what I'm saying? But I'm sure they don't want to be sitting there watching the playoffs with me. I like how you said, I was talking to some of the guys from the network. I mean, like, okay, we get it. You're big time, okay? Well, you know, no, no, I ain't big time. I just said I was talking to them because they was basically telling me, J.J., it's over for the Packers. So, you know, I I always got to defend my dogs. Like, it ain't over, man. We got a slim chance. The network, the network. Bruh, there's a couple networks. You could say NFL network. Why you got to be like, oh, I was talking to some guys (laughs) from the network. Like, you big time. Anyways, I'm over you. I'm just kidding. No, I'm not, because we still got to do this podcast, so yeah. Okay, so the Patriots, they just signed former Raiders second-round draft pick Obi Melifonmu. Now, one of the reasons they cut him is because he couldn't stay on the field, man. He was always injured. Uh, But, I mean, I think John just didn't see potential in him. But Bill Belichick said, come on down. Don't worry. We'll make sure you can function in our defense. They'll find a way. I mean, because let's be real. They're going to find a way to make him functional if he could stay on the field, of course. Absolutely. When Bill Belichick brings you over there, there's a method to Bill Belichick's madness. Mm-hmm. He knows how to use you. He know He's already thought about all the ways that he possibly can use you to put you in the right situation to make plays. Um, John Gruden is just, oh, I hate to say it, Ooh. but it's, just, it's truly a rebuild over there. So he's uh-huh. like, okay, look, if we could get rid of these guys, get rid of those guys, trade these guys, we're rebuilding, you know. Yeah, we'll keep one or two veterans up in here, you know, to help this thing out. But it's a completely rebuild. But I'm sure Belichick is definitely knowing how and where he wants to use. Obi Malafonu is ridiculously athletic. If you saw him at the Combine, his vertical, oh, my goodness. So um, I think he has potential. He just never was able to stay on the field. And then it was funny, last year when they played the Patriots, they had him playing corner, and he got burned, oh, my God, ridiculously. So that didn't help his uh, case at all. (laughs) But anyway, speaking of former Raiders uh, and Bill Belichick, Bill also found a way to get former Raider Cordero Patterson involved in the offense. He used him as a running back primarily. Uh, He finished with, what, 11 carries, 61 yards, and a touchdown. And look, I covered him when he was at the University of Tennessee. I was in Knoxville as a reporter. He was a freak of an athlete, but he did not know the playbook. He, like, couldn't learn the playbook. Uh, they just basically say, run and go route. I'll throw you the ball. Get the get the ball, right? Um, and that was at the University of Tennessee. And in the NFL, you're wondering why he's only been great, you know, on special teams when he was with the Vikings, with the Raiders, et cetera. So Bill was very smart 
to use him as a running back. Now, Ross Tucker tweeted, shout out to the Vikings and Raiders for never giving Cordero Patterson a shot at running back. And then Jack Del Rio kind of trolled him and tweeted, actually, dot, dot, dot. And Jack kind of had a point because they did use him in some running plays last year, but it was more like, you know, end arounds, jet sweeps, that kind of stuff. They didn't use him as a primary back. Uh, but I thought um, that was smart on Bill's part. And I also kind of love Jack trolling. Um, who was the running back uh, for the Raiders when Jack Del Rio was there? Latavius Murray. Well, and last year, and no, what? well, last year when Cordero was there, um, it was actually Marshawn Lynch. Exactly. You got to understand, Bill Belichick is a is a mastermind at putting his players in the position to make plays and, you know, finding right spots for them to be at their best. But if Sony Michelle's not hurt, if they don't lose, I forget, I'm drawing a blank on the other kid's name that tours ACL. Um, if those two guys are not hurt, Cordell Patterson is going to be at wide receiver just exactly where he started at and was getting them screen passes and all that early in the year when Sony Michelle was rushing for 100 yards a game. But you battle with a whole lot of injuries and you go into the you know meetings and Bill Belichick was probably like, oh, hey, I got an idea. Listen, Cordell Patterson is special when the ball is in his hands. You see how hard it is for them to tackle him on kickoff returns and on these screen passes. Let's put a little package in at running back for him since we're short on running backs, and let's give him some carries. And it has worked for them because he's making plays back there at running back. But when you have Marshawn Lynch and you have Adrian Peterson when he's at the Vikings, we're not giving this kid the ball at running back. He's a receiver. We drafted him in the first round as a receiver. So I'm not mad at the Vikings or the Raiders. They had good running backs there. And even with Jack, he still found a way to get him some carries. That's why he probably tweeted that. I love that Jack is still using Twitter, even though he's not coaching anymore. But anyways, yeah, CP is definitely a gadget player. And as I mentioned earlier, the knock on him coming out of college was that he was a terrible route runner and he couldn't learn the playbook, as I said earlier. Whose fault is that? Is it his, the coaches? I mean, what do you attribute to that? Listen, when, when, when you talk about learning a playbook, I strictly believe that's on the coach. Now, when you get to the National Football League, you have coaches that are wide receiver coaches that played O-line, that played running back, that played, you know, defensive back. So... It's not really a lot of stuff that they can teach you about the position. Yeah. But what they are there for is to teach you the playbook. Yeah. And some coaches are very good at teaching their players the playbook detail-wise and all that. They're very good teachers, you know, and some aren't. Because when I got to the National Football League, if you knew how to play wide receiver, you were good. But if you had to learn how to play wide receiver – you was in trouble because they don't have the time to teach you how to play wide receiver. But what they do have the time to do is find out that you can play wide receiver and say, oh, all we got to do is teach him the playbook. Okay. And when I first got to Green Bay, I mean, the playbook was ridiculous. I mean, I'm like, dude, this is I, two big old binders. They're not even fitting in my backpack. You know what I mean? That's before iPads and all that, where you just had the big old binders. And I'm like, and I went to my coach and I said, Coach, 
I don't learn like this, brother. I can't just look at a piece of paper and mm. learn like this. I said, man, you got to take me outside, and we got to walk through this stuff. And Coach said, man, I appreciate you coming up to me, J.J., explaining it to me like that. So after every meeting, me and him would go outside and walk through what we did in the meeting. And I'm like, boom, I got it, Coach. Boom, I got it. And the playbook came to me like that. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I believe that that is on the coaches to teach the kid the playbook because every kid can pick up a playbook. It's just some kids learn different, and you got to be able to break it down to them, especially if he could play. So yeah. not learning the playbook, that, that that's on the coaches to me. I love that. I love your approach because you took it upon yourself to tell the coaches, hey, look, I can't just read this big binder and know everything. I need to go do it myself outside. So you took the extra time, you know, after practice or before practice to learn. And then you're coming off the practice field, sitting in meetings like, man, 90 percent of the time you sleeping in meetings. I remember me and Greg Jennings, we like, look, hey, Monday, your day. All right. You go to sleep, Greg. I wake you up. Coach, call your name. Tuesday, my day. <laughs> Do you know what I, mean? I hate you. I hate <laughs> so, you. As a young kid, you're not paying attention, and especially on top of being a number, a number. I mean, a first round pick. You like, man, that teach me all this stuff. I'm just here to make, you know, to make plays. Yeah. You know, so it's hard. But I put, you know, learning the playbook is on the coach. I love it. Good stuff, James. That's all we have you on here. I'm just kidding. It's our podcast. That's why you are my partner in crime because you have great insight. Okay, uh, it's time for our interview now, and I think Raider Nation is going to love it. All right, time to welcome in our guest. He's from Santa Rosa, California, a longtime Raiders fan, a season ticket holder, he has a huge following on Instagram. It's Raider Bandito. What's up, Bandito? What's up? What's up, guys? How's it going? Thanks for having me on. No, we, we are excited to have you on. You tweeted uh, at me a few days ago that it was a bucket list of yours to come on our show, which I'm very honored because this is only <laughs> our seventh episode, uh, so we're not even established yet. Um, but thanks for showing love. Thanks for showing love. I was actually shocked that you said, oh, we have an opening on Wednesday. I'm like, okay, now I have to. <laughs> now I have to do it. <laughs> Yeah, man. Well, we appreciate you, man, coming on, man, hanging out. Well, let's start with uh, how long you've been a Raiders fan and how you became a Raiders fan. Um, well, started, I mean, as long as I can remember, um, my dad was actually, uh, he liked the Cowboys. Um, so he would always, you know, try to watch Cowboys games. Um, but back then there wasn't like NFL Sunday ticket or whatever. So he actually uh, watched Raider games and he hated the Niners being a Cowboy fan. So really I had um, two choices, either Cowboys or the Raiders and um I just like the the logo and um you know when I went to my first game ironically it was against the Cowboys it was a preseason game against the Cowboys and then as soon as uh I, w I got there and saw the lights uh, it was a preseason game so it was a night game um it was a wrap from there I want to know the feeling like when it's a Raiders game man what kind of feeling do you get like man you're getting all dressed up to sit in the front row you know the black hole has its reputation of being grimy being scary when you putting your gear on is you like man is this show this showtime you know it's it's, it's one of those things where uh it's, it's really I mean we have this image and it actually plays against us being at the Coliseum believe it or not so um you know, being around other people, so like with opposing fans and, and whatnot, but, you know, being a Raider fan, like I, I've met the most amazing people out there. Um, 
You know, it's just, it's just an image thing. We're not as scary as we look. <laughs> We're really not. No, I already know, man. I mean, I know that, but I'm just saying, you know, when people watch it on TV, they look like, man, the face paint and all that. They like, dang, them dudes are scary and grimy out there. You guys really aren't, man. You know, it's just part of it. I've never seen your face, Bandito. You always wear a skeleton bandana over it um, and only show your eyes, which I'm assuming you're wearing contacts because those are kind of some scary contacts. (laughs) But the funny thing is you're such a nice guy and you look like you're intimidated and scary. Uh, I guess it's nothing new because, you know, Raider Nation, that's part of the image, as you mentioned. But tell the people about your look and when you started dressing like that. And uh, do you dress like that every day or just game days? <laughs> that's actually the bigger pressure. Do you dress, do you dress like that every day? No, just, uh, no, I go to, I, I, I go to bed like that. No, uh, no, <laughs> I, it actually, I, I used to have the, you know, um, the reputation of actually just being a diehard uh, Raider fan that, that didn't dress up. I think, uh, we have that image of wearing the spikes and the paint and this, that, and the other. Um, and then one day I just saw the mask and then I just started like playing around with it. And then I started building around that. Um, I, I never thought it would become what it is now. Um, but it, you know, everything happens for a reason and you know, I love it. It's fun. I enjoy it. Um, you know, Bandito was obviously for the bandana, right? That's why your name is Raider Bandito. <laughs> you know, actually, um, uh, Paul Gutierrez and um, Dick Taffer came up with that. They, uh, we were in Atlanta, and I went down to um, – we were at uh, this sports bar, and I went down to meet up with them, and I actually didn't have a name. Like, I I always uh, allude to the first Spider-Man um, movie where um, Peter Parker's sitting down trying to draw a sketch of what he wants to dress up like, and, um, and he didn't have a name for himself. They actually gave him that name. I, some people do that and I didn't do that. So like I sat down and said, Oh, what do I want to be? What do I want to dress up like when I go to Raider games that actually kind of like found me. Um, but they actually came up with that name and I'm like, Oh, whatever bandito. Like, eh. it's not like I started calling myself that, but then they started calling me that whether it be social media or in person. And it just kind of started sticking from this. So I'm like, actually, you know what? I kind of like it. I like the, it has a cool little sound to it. And I'm glad we have a Raiders fan all right now because, you know, I play for the Raiders. Once a Raider, always a Raider. And I always give my opinions on this show, you know, of what I think of Groot and what I think of the team. So it's, it's, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing what a Raider fan has to think about this season. Are you still a believer in Coach Gruden? I am. I am. Um, it's And I, I one, one of my – um, buddies asked me, it came down to it, uh, who, who would you rather have, Khalil or Gruden? I didn't think it was going to become so literal. But then after that trade, I'm like, shit, excuse me. I'm like, I'm like, crap. You can cuss <laughs> like, on uh, here, it's fine. I'm like, it, 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 it actually ended up happening like that because for better or for worse, it's John Gruden's way of the highway. Um, and I, I just don't like being lied to. I still do believe in Gruden. I think he has a, a long-term plan, and I think his plan got altered a little bit during the season um, based off, you know, what happened, whether it be injuries or um, trading, you know, your, your best player. Um, I, I do still believe in him, but I, I just hate being lied to with this being potentially our last year in Oakland um, and, and, and our season being what it is, uh, you know, uh, he said, I'm going to do everything to, to try to win one in, in Oakland. And to me, that's a lot. That's a big lie. When you trade away your best player and um, you know, I, I, even in the draft, I, I kind of felt like, you know, when you draft Colt Miller and move Donald Penn to the right side, I thought that was a big mistake. 
Um, so I, I just don't like being lied to. So it's, it's, it's been a hard year, but do I still believe in John Gruden? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. I feel like a lot of fans want the media though, to sugarcoat things, to make themselves feel better about the state of their team. Uh, but that's not our job. Our job is to report the facts and give opinions, especially for me on this podcast. Sure. And the truth is the Raiders are terrible right now. Okay. They're one in seven. So I've had some strong opinions lately and some fans have actually came at me on Twitter by the way, I've been a Raider fan since 1984. I'm just spinning the truth and spitting my feelings. Do you think I'm too harsh on Gruden and the Raiders? Yes. Was that James? Was that James? <laughs> James, I'm asking Bandito, not you, bro. Back up. Back up. I mean, I, I've heard worse. I mean, just from, from our own, and I think that's been one of the hardest things is is listening to to people that, that are other season ticket holders and, and people that you go to games with and, and have to sit through that. It, 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 I think it's harder hearing them um, just because I know them personally and, and have their opinion. So in, in the media, no, because um, I, I, I take that with a grain of salt. So um, the, I mean, there's a difference between stating the facts and just flat out talking crap yeah. and, and, and just trying to put a, uh, put someone, uh, put someone down or put a team down. Like, um, we, we know who the, who the haters are and, and who are just doing their job. So no, I, I don't, I don't think so. I, I've heard a lot worse. So do I think you're being too hard? No, I don't. I mean, the truth sucks sometimes. It is what it is. Thank you, Bandito. Yeah. The, the Raiders fans are, they're reacting off emotion right now. So they don't say crazy stuff, man. Gruden traded away our best player, fire Gruden. He needs to get out of here. And then the next season, if he drafts some good players and change the thing around, they're going to be like, Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we knew we had a plan the whole time. Like, no, you didn't. Last year you were sitting here and you were right. talking crazy. So it's going to be interesting to see how it looks next year yeah. as players Gruden drafts yeah. because I think right now, like you, Bandino, you still have you have hope in Gruden. But yeah. if next year comes around and he gets these draft picks and they're bust, you're like, man, listen, he done came over here and messed everything up. <laughs> and I think one of the hardest things also as well is, is that um, – Gruden didn't inherit a one in seven football team, Amen. and 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 that's why I think we're we're all struggling right now because exactly. um you know you how how do you only score three points against the Forty ers like isn't aren't you supposed to be an offensive guru uh, and we we bring you out aren't you um, the the NFL QB guy and mm-hmm. and we, when you have a Derek Carr and you only score three points we all have a problem with that how exactly. do you only score three points if you're gonna tank this season. At least keep it interesting. Score something. Like give us a little hope going forward. So yeah. I, I think I, I, that that's why we struggle a little bit. And I, I still do believe in him. But like I said, for better, for worse, it's his way or the highway. Um, so I, there's going to be a lot more um, turnover with this team. I I, I think that a, a lot of these players on, on this team are going to be gone, um, not because of their performance uh, so much, but just because I think you know Gruden wants his guys. But that's why I've been hard on Gruden because, number one, he came in here, came to Oakland and said, if Derek Carr doesn't play well, that's on me. I have failed to do my job. And that is exactly why I have been hard on him and saying that he has failed so far to do his job because he said to blame him. So guess what? I'm blaming you, bro. Well, I do. I do want to say I do want to say this, though. Um, I haven't watched the Raiders game from beginning to end uh, till the Thursday night game against the Niners. And I had a chance to just watch them sit there from the first quarter to the fourth quarter. And I'm like, this is bad. This is, I'm like, this is bad. I'm like, 
you know, players are not playing with the kind of heart that, you know, they need to be playing with. I don't know if giving up on the coach. I don't know if it's like, man, we're getting ready to go on vacation or whatever, but I just didn't see it. Play calling from the defense. I'm like, man, third string quarterback Raiders about to dominate, you know, this, this kid right here. He came out, he made the defense look like, you know, they was the rookies. He was the veterans. The offense couldn't move the ball. So I'm sitting there watching and I'm like, dang, man, I talked Jordy Nelson into going to Oakland because I told him they're our special. You're obviously going to love California. The black hole is the best place to play in the world. And I had to call Maybe Jordy. I, I had to call Jordy after the game. And I called him and I said, what is going on, Jordy? And Jordy, and Jordy was like, listen, man, we're rebuilding. He said, he said, we're rebuilding. He said, and we all got to accept that now. He said, at the beginning of the season, you know, that wasn't the plan. But now it is the plan and we're rebuilding. And he said, I'm all, he said, I'm all good with that. You know, he said, I'm, I'm ready to ride this year and next year. But he said, we're rebuilding now and we got to accept it. It wasn't the plan, but we're rebuilding now. So I think everybody just has to wait and be patient. That's cool that Jordy would say something like that. That actually kind of makes me feel a little bit better, <laughs> a little bit yeah. better because he's on the, he's on the, he's on the inside. But I I, I feel like he's a and may correct me if I'm wrong. I, I feel like he's just a little too nice. <laughs> but yeah, like he's a, it sounds like he's a little too nice there. The decision to trade Khalil Mack was the first domino to fall because then you realize, oh crap, our defense sucks. Our defense is terrible. We don't have a pass rush, and then you're losing games barely in the beginning because they were leading. Their first three games, the first three quarters, entering the fourth quarter, they were ahead, but they couldn't close out games because of why? Their defense. And he realized, crap, why did I do that? I thought we were going to be okay, but no, we're not going to be okay. And and my thing is, is the the when they traded Khalil Mack, I, I always think back to the Rams game. They came out in that Rams game, the first game of the season, and they were playing with their hair on fire, with energy and all that. The Rams is obviously the second best team, first team in the National Football League. And the Raiders was what? I don't remember the score at halftime, but it was extremely close. It was either you know, tie or, yeah, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't too far off. It, it, yeah, it was, exactly. a, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, they was, they was going blow for blow with the Rams, and we all, all know what the Rams' offensive team is right now. So my thing is, is after that game, I didn't see that energy no more. I didn't see that passion no more from the Oakland Raiders. And that was my only thing. Like, yeah, you go, we're going to lose some games. It's going to happen. I mean, no matter what team you want. But when you go out there, you sell out. And they sold out the Rams game. And I haven't seen that since that type of team and that energy take the field. Yeah, since, 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 since that game, uh, you're right. It's kind of almost – it's, it's been – really it's been really deflating um this year and i i i really don't know what's what what to expect going forward anymore um i mean we just cut bruce Irvin, so um i i don't i don't i don't i really don't know what to expect uh we're just uh okay guys um we're gonna try to score or <laughs> I, I, I don't know i i don't know i mean you can't say you're not tanking anymore because everything literally points to tanking like you're cutting players you're trading players uh, you, you're scoring three points against one of the worst teams in the league so i, I don't know what, what else you call that yeah. and it's tough too man because the niners game i mean the the, the old line is banged Derek Hart didn't really have time to to get the ball out but even talking to jordy man jordy he like he's like listen jj 
if we don't turn the ball over at the end of the Dolphins game, we possibly win that game, you know? And it was another game that he was telling me, like, man, if we do this, I mean, we possibly have three wins, and it really doesn't look as bad as it looks now. But, you know, since we only have one win, it just looks extremely bad. But he's definitely a believer in Gruden. So, I mean, Raider fans, you know, they should keep their heads up because, I mean, George thinks change is coming. Okay, this interview is about Bandito. It's not about James Jones. So let's talk to uh, Bandito real quick and get his. I have a couple of things uh, before we get to your personal stories. A um, couple predictions I want to get from you. So Gruden signed a 10-year, $100 million contract. How long do you think he will last? Ooh, hey, that's, uh, that's a tough one. I don't, I, I don't know. I, 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 in a perfect world, he, he gets the he gets to retire after he wins one or two. No, I mean, for the Raiders, I shouldn't say in Oakland, but in the perfect world, I, I don't know. It's, it's one of those things like where someone asks you, oh, what, what's your season prediction? I, I don't like to predict that um, just because I, I just don't. I mean, it's, it's an unpredictable league and, um, you know, NFL not for long. So I, I think uh, at some point in time, you know, coaches go. So he's not going to last 10 years, though. There's no way. Okay, so – uh, that was good. And then how long will it take for the Raiders to get back to the playoffs? <laughs> I thought it would have been this year. I thought it would have been this year. Um, so did everybody else. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, hopefully next year. I mean, because in, 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 even in 2016, I, I didn't think that the Raiders were going to be 12-4. and four. I mean, it really, like James was saying, um, you know, it, a few plays here or there – the Raiders would have maybe have a few more wins, but um, I, just a little few more tweaks here and there. If you have a good draft and, you know, you pick up some, some free agents. Um, once the offense starts clicking and it starts looking like 2016, then, I mean, anything can happen. Now here's the thing with the 2016 team. A lot of people could say it's a fluke because what they were 12 and four and seven of those wins came from comeback, come from behind wins in the fourth quarter. So it could have been right. either way. They could have been 500 under 500, definitely missed the playoffs. So that's kind of what some arguments are. I still think they were a 12 and 14 because guess what? Good teams find ways to close out games. Exactly. So I believe that that was real. The 12 and four season. Okay. Um, last thing. Here's me talking when I told James to shut up. Okay. I love you, Jay. Oh, <laughs> Anyways. Okay. So the Raiders, they had some, extra time off obviously and they're going to host the six and two chargers at the coliseum you're going to be there but man philip rivers and company they're rolling if they can get a reliable place kicker they're going to be in good shape the chargers um but i think the raiders don't have a chance in this game what about you bandito i i, I always think we have a chance uh that, that's just the fan in me talking i never go into a game thinking we're going to lose I never do that um it, it, I, I do realize it's going to be a tough game i mean shoot after this this last game against the niners i mean it's really kind of Hard to have any type of hope whatsoever going forward, but it is a division game, and for some weird reason, they the Raiders play the Chargers pretty tough. So anything can happen. Um, <laughs> anything can happen. Um, but on paper, you're right. It doesn't look good at all. I want the thoughts of Marshawn Lynch. He's hurt. Uh, you know, this is his last year there. Do you think the Raiders should bring him back for another year? I do. Um, I, I think he was he, he was playing at a very high level um, before he got hurt. Um, I, I think that that smash mouth football that, that that he plays with is is just uh, really really hard to find. And he's you know I think one of the last ones of of, of his kind that can play like that. 
And I mean, I mean, he, he just tries the ball out for, for Oakland as, as you know, any chance that he gets. So I think if the Raiders do um, find a way to stay in Oakland one more year, um, cause we're homeless um, <laughs> after this season, um, we're, we're homeless after this season. I, I, I hope that, that um, Gruden and, and, and Lynch can, can find um, some middle ground and, and he can bring him back for one more season. I agree with that, brother. Yeah, same here. Okay, so you have over 22,000 followers on Instagram. Uh, that is way more than me. James doesn't even have an Instagram. <laughs> he barely has a Twitter. Um, how did you get such a big IG following? I don't know. I used to have it uh, as, a, as a private page, and then I think once I, once I you know, made it public, um, it kind of just blew, blew up a little bit from there. It's just social media. I, I don't really like pay too much mind to that. I just like to, you know, uh, speak about the Raiders and 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 my love for them. So I, I, it, it's it's social media. It's not that big of a deal. But you know, one of the coolest things that did come from that is like like I got a I got a sandwich named after me um, at, a, at a spot here in Santa Rosa. So that, that's 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 pretty cool. It's a, yeah, um, it's it's a, so it's a it's a Raider bar and um, it's a, called Juncture. So if you guys are ever out in Santa Rosa. Go get the bandito sandwich. It's fire. <laughs> nice. What's in it? What's in it? It's actually a, a it's a meatball sandwich. Um, and uh, yeah, it's 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 pretty damn good. And um, they were kind of like, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to be named after a freaking meatball sandwich. But then after I had it, I'm like, all right, you know what? It's pretty good. <laughs> so other, other I than that, that, like other than that, it's 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 just social media. You know, it it is what it is. It's not. I don't I don't pay too much into the whole, you know, followers and this, that and the other. But it shows you that Raider Nation is so strong and big and they all stick together because most of your followers are Raiders fans, right? Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. For sure. Um, it's cool, though, because you can stay connected with so many people like with within seconds. So that that's that's the one cool thing about it. But other than that, it's is this Instagram. <laughs> yeah, so that's all it is. You are always extremely positive, though, on your Instagram, as a lot of fans are down in the dumps right now with the state of the team. But somehow, some way, you post positive things and you love still Derek Carr and his passion for the Raiders, his passion for football. Um, you are still a believer, right? Because James is definitely a believer in, Der- uh, in Derek Carr. Yeah, that's, that's like James says, that's baby A Rod. Um, he, I, 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 I am a big believer in Derek. I, I, I've seen him do really well. A lot of everybody has. Um, so I, I know he's he's still in there. And and now that we do have Gruden here, um, I, I do feel that he will bring it out of him. Um, at least I. That's the hope that I'm holding on to. Um, that that that's all I can hold on to because I I I feel like he's the only player that's going to be on this team um, that we can really like build around. Okay, you have an amazing and inspiring story. You've lost over a hundred pounds. We don't have much time, but can you tell us about your weight loss journey? Yeah, it was uh, um, kind of it was kind of one of those things that just I kind of knew it had to happen, um, but never really did anything about it. Um, you know, the doctors would always tell me, Hey, like, you know, every time you every time you have to go to the doctor, I um, mean, you're sick, you know, drink a lot of fluids and, and it always came down to your weight. And, um, so finally I started doing something about it. I kind of, uh, my, my friends kind of cornered me into a, a, a weight loss challenge and, um, kind of like peer pressured me into it. So I, I started doing that. And I had a lot of help from, from not only my friends, but family. Um, so I kind of went on a no carb diet and just 
did a crap load of cardio, <laughs> like a lot, like a lot of cardio. Um, and that's, that's how I did it. It's really, there's no, there's no trick to it. There's no magic, just, um, you know, hard work and, uh, dedication really. You told me you were over 400 pounds. So how much weight did you, how much weight exactly did you lose? I fluctuate, I mean, I, I fluctuate between, you know, uh, 140 120 that's awesome um, and during football during football season it's a little hard to kind of stay focused you know um I, like i i do like to I, i'm a big uh craft beer guy so craft beer has a lot of carbs in it a lot of ingredients in it so you know uh during after football season i i, I go back onto it like hard well that's huge man because i mean i can't get 15 pounds off me and you got Almost two hundred some pounds. I mean, more power to you, man. Because I'm like, I'm fifteen. It ain't going nowhere. <laughs> well, the Raiders do drive fans to drink, especially yeah. right now. So that's okay. Yeah, it's uh, so thank, thank God for alcohol because uh, it's gonna. It's been a long season already. It's only been what nine weeks. And I feel it's gonna be a little bit longer, but it is what it is. Okay, so last thing, what is your real name? My name is uh, my real name is Juan Jorge. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's that's my real name. Love it. Do, do the Raider fans know? Are we breaking news uh, yeah, here? Yeah, there, there, there's there's uh, there's some people on there that 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 do know. Mostly uh, people that um, it's one of those things. Like once you start going to to so many games and once you start hanging around the same people, um, eventually they're gonna see your face. Eventually, you know they 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 know your name. And um, I do have a Facebook, so um, you know people um, have me on there. So. Um, I have my name on there, so so yeah, people. Some people do know that. Well, I'm still gonna call you Bandito because <laughs> I met you. I bet you when your name was Bandito, you showed me and Scott love when I was working at NBC Sports Bay Area, um, and been a fan ever since. So I'm calling you Bandito. So Bandito, Bandito, thanks so much for keeping it 300. We had so much fun with you. Thanks, guys. I know Raider Nation is going to love what you had to say. That's going to do it for us. This was Keeping It 300. For James, I'm Fallon. We out. See you.